0: Welcome to the travel possibilities podcast I'm your host Callie O'Connor I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks scoring several remote jobs and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries the one thing that held me back from starting sooner is that I didn't believe it was possible for me I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle this podcast i'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you in season one we're talking all about career breaks let's get started today i'm so excited to bring you a very special interview with my guest katie aune katie and i actually talk career breaks on a weekly basis over on clubhouse on thursdays if anyone's interested in checking that out But I love Katie's story because she took a chance to seize an opportunity to experience long term travel, a way that you simply cannot do with a full-time job. Her itinerary is beyond intriguing, and I'll keep it mysterious until the interview airs, and ultimately she returned to a very fulfilling career. So another awesome example that you can have the career and the travel. There's nothing wrong with taking a break. Let's get to the episode. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Travel Possibilities podcast. This is Callie here and i have a very special guest today because Katie Aune happens to be my co-host on Clubhouse and we actually host a room called Ditching Your Day Job to Travel the World. And if you're not familiar with Clubhouse, it's kind of like a podcast except live action. So If you ever have questions that you want to ask us and you want to do it in real time, definitely check us out on Clubhouse on Thursdays. But with all of that said, um, Katie has one of my favorite career break stories. It's so organized. It's so just so many things and I'm not going to ruin it. I'm going to let her talk. So Katie, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. So we can just dive right into it. So, I mean, this season's about career breaks. Spoiler alert. Katie took one. (laughs) So how about we just start from the beginning and you can describe yourself and your life before you ever made this decision to leave your job to go travel?
1: Sure. Um, So I was born and raised in Minnesota Um, Never traveled internationally growing up. Um, I didn't leave the country for the first time until um, after I finished law school. Um, So in my mid twenties, um, and that was a a tour to Europe. One of those whirlwind, you spend like two nights in every city and you don't remember anything afterwards. Um, But that got me hooked on travel. And um, I spent the next few years traveling. Um, I was working as a lawyer in a big law firm um, in Chicago and I traveled as much as I could um, on my limited vacation time. Um, And then when I was 30, I actually decided to leave my career as a lawyer and I moved into a career doing fundraising for a law school also in Chicago. Um, And I loved that for a number of reasons. Um, Spent a few years in, in that job Um, And then got to a point where actually it was more because of my my personal life. Um, I had been through kind of a tough breakup. I was just sort of really wanting to get out of Chicago. Um, It wasn't even so much about my job or, you know, being unhappy in my my new career choice or what I was doing work-wise. I just really felt like sort of life-wise, I needed a change and initially thought that um, I would leave my job, spend the summer traveling, and then go back home to Minnesota and find another job. Um, And long story short, I ended up getting offered a promotion, um, which I accepted. So I stayed in my job for about a year, year and a half longer. Um, And during that time, I started reading some blogs and social media and got introduced to this concept of taking a longer term career break. Um, And so by the time I finally left my job, Um, I had planned out a trip for myself that would be 10 months traveling through all 15 countries of the former Soviet Union, um, which is not a normal place that people go (laughs) when they do career breaks or sabbaticals. Um, I had been a Russian and East European studies major in college. And so Russia was always like top of my list as a place I wanted to travel to um, and had not had the chance. And so when I started thinking about doing this longer term travel that was like an area that I zeroed in on. And then I just kind of kept adding like, oh, I should also go to the Baltics and oh, should also go to Georgia and Armenia. And I I finally like looked up I think on Wikipedia, like former Soviet Union and saw the list of 15 countries. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna visit all 15 of them. Like that's gonna be my goal. Um, And I ended up traveling for 13 months. um, So a bit longer than I had planned. Um, And then I I came back, I returned to Chicago um, and went back into a very similar job to the one that I had left. Um, and I've been through a few different job changes and the city change since then. Um, but I still love to travel and I, I use my vacation time to travel as much as I possibly can now.
0: So awesome. That's, oh, it's really exciting. And I think it's so cool that you like really focus on a region. It makes it so much more easy to plan and more logical in terms of like, what's next. So I love that. But let's, back it up a tiny bit. So when you decided to take this career break, do you think the fact that you had changed careers already contributed to the fact, like kind of gave you the push or the motivation or the courage to make that kind of change?
1: That's a really good question. Um, It probably did. I think I had already sort of been through the whole you know, from the time I was in high school, I had planned to be a lawyer. And so I went straight from college to law school, um, to working in a big law firm. And so sort of the mental preparation to leave practicing law for something different took a lot. I mean, that was, I, you know, I remember my dad saying to me, you know, well, what about all the money you spent on law school? And, and I was like, what do you care? You didn't spend the money on law school. <laughs> That's what I spent. Um, And so I think, you know, that probably did play into it because I had already made that huge transition. I mean, going from being a lawyer to a fundraiser is not a normal, you know, career path of any kind. And so I had already done that where I had to take a a very significant um, pay cut. I had already downsized when I went from being a lawyer to going into fundraising, Um, And so I'd already taken some of those steps. So I think, yeah, when I decided to to leave to travel, it probably was mentally a little bit easier because I'd already done something sort of similar to that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Because that mindset piece is a huge aspect of it because it's scary. It's new. It's not the social norm. So it takes some of that. And so that's really cool that you kind of had experience doing that already. So before you took the leap here, did you know of anybody who had done something like this before?
1: Not really. Um I mean like I said it was this was back in I think I first started thinking about it around 2009 or so and that was kind of the very early days of travel blogs and social media. Um, Like, I think I started my Twitter account in 2009, um, you know, like, and so I started following some more of these blogs and and reading some more online about people who were traveling long term and who had um, quit their jobs to travel. And then it really was when I attended an event in Chicago put on by this organization that was founded by a couple of women who had taken career breaks to travel um, that I, I remember sitting there and I was like listening to them. And I was like, oh my gosh, th- this is what I wanna do. And there's other people out there that do it. And, and they were my age, like they were you know in their thirties. And so I was like, wow, this, I think that was the moment I was like, okay this is actually something I can do. Um, and then they actually put together a boot camp type course um, that brought several of us together who were all thinking about taking career breaks. And so we kind of um, went through the steps at the same time in pre- in preparing to leave our jobs and to travel long-term. And that, I think, made all the difference, knowing other people at that time that were doing the same thing. Um, and I'm still such good friends with some of those people 10 years later, <laughs>
0: That's awesome. And it's so cool because, like, yeah, your career break was 10 years ago. And so, like, maybe career breaks are becoming a little bit more common, but it's still not a normal thing. And so, having those forefathers, I guess, so to say, like who have done it before you is so important. That's awesome. And so when you did decide, when you started making your plans, when did you start telling people that you were going to leave your job and what were the reactions? Like what were some good ones and what were some maybe not so good ones?
1: Yeah. So I decided, um, so I, in February of 2011, um, I decided that I was going to leave on my birthday in August. Um, And so I sent out, that was like six months ahead. And I was just, I had sort of hit a point where I was like, I need to have a date. Like I need a target date to work towards. Um, and, you know, I think I, I called my parents up. Um, I sent an email out to friends. Um, you know, I sort of struggled with how to tell people cause I didn't want it to get back to anybody I worked with. And so that was one of the tricky things. Like I had started a blog sort of in preparation for this trip, but I couldn't write anything on the blog about the fact that I was planning to take this trip because I didn't want anybody to Google me, you know, that I worked with and and stumble across this. So um, my parents, I think, were supportive. Um, My dad had traveled a lot when I was growing up. He traveled a lot for his job. And so um, I had sort of had that exposure, even though I didn't travel growing up, I sort of had that exposure of you know, my dad going off to Germany for a couple of weeks or South Africa for a couple of weeks or Singapore for a couple of weeks and then coming back. Um, and so, you know, I think they were supportive, even if they didn't totally understand why I was doing it. Um, and I think, you know, similarly with my friends, like, I don't know that I had any really negative reactions, um, I think there were definitely people that were maybe less understanding or less supportive. Um, Particularly, I think one of the things that I was kind of disappointed in, like, I was trying so hard to cut back on my spending and living in Chicago, like your whole social life revolves around going out to eat, going out to events. Like it can be very expensive to be, you know, a 20, 30 something in Chicago and having like a full social life. (laughs) Um, And I was really trying to cut back on that. And I felt like um, a lot of my friends weren't super supportive in that way. Like they weren't, you know, kind of open to, oh, can we find other ways to hang out that don't involve going out for hundred dollar (laughs) dinners? And so that I think, you know, was kind of disappointing, Um, but I I didn't really have any really negative reactions. Um, And then I eventually gave notice at work. I just gave like two weeks notice in the summer, And, and I think everyone was pretty supportive that I worked with, you know, they were like, Oh, that's really cool. Like, it's one of those things that's like hard to argue with, you know, like if you go and leave your job to like go to a competitor, you know, they can come back and be like, Oh, well, do you want more money? Or, you know, what can we do to get you to stay? Or there might be like bad feelings that you're going to work for a competitor. But when you go in and tell them you're leaving to go spend a year traveling, like there's just not a whole lot that they can say (laughs) in response to that. And so I think that like, that was pretty, pretty positive.
0: That's so true. And such a good point. And like before you went and told your boss, did you like play it up in your head like that he was going to freak out or what?
1: Well, it's, it's funny. Um, So I had recently shortly before I did this, I had changed bosses Um, because the boss who had hired me, who I had worked for, who I had built a really close relationship with, he took another position within the university. And so I had an interim boss that had come in who I had only reported to for a few months who I didn't know really well and I didn't particularly like see eye to eye with on things. Like we just weren't on the same page. Um, And then when it came time that I was gonna give notice, it turned out that he was on vacation. And so I'm like, I'm very big about, you know, like doing things the right way and, you know, not burning bridges. And so like, I really wanted to give notice in person and sit down and have that conversation. And he was on vacation. He wasn't available. And I was like, but I have to give at least two weeks notice. Like I, you know, so I ended up, um, giving notice to his boss who actually had been the one who I had interviewed with and who had hired me, like, five years earlier. So, um, that was fine. And then I called my previous boss, um, was like on a business trip in California. And so before like the word went out to everyone that we worked with, I called my previous boss and told him, cause I wanted him to hear it from me personally. Um, so yeah, it definitely did not go at all in the way that I would have planned it to go. <laughs>
0: I feel like it never does it's like no
1: it's, it's like the day you're like I'm finally gonna do it and then no one's ever there <laughs> it's it's funny because that happened to me when I had tried to leave my law job too like I had totally built it up I was like I'm giving notice today and like or oh, whatever and then I went to go see my boss and he had called in sick that day and I was just like oh but but I was already like <laughs> Exactly. And then I had to like gear myself all up the next day. (laughs) Then there, it's like the universe
0: is like, if you really want it, you're going to have to jump through a couple of hoops first. And yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So you had mentioned earlier about kind of cutting back on your spending while you were leading up to your trip and how you were trying to cut back on those expensive dinners out and stuff. Do you have any other actionable tips for saving money leading up to some, a big event like this?
1: Yes. Um, I mean, definitely. So what I did, I think for about a year before I left, like I put a spreadsheet together and I tracked all my expenses. And so, you know, I really dug into, okay, what do I really need? What do I not need? You know, are there, magazines I'm subscribing to that I can cancel the subscription. Um, I remember calling and like renegotiating my cable package um, to save money. Um, You know, I did a lot of, we were just talking about this on Clubhouse this week. I did a lot of selling stuff because I knew I was going to be leaving um, and downsizing. And I had so much stuff that I was able to sell Um, from books to movies to my furniture, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, And so that was another, you know, way to to make some money. Um, But then I always, you know, I always sort of thought of things like, oh, I could go out this weekend and spend a hundred dollars or a hundred dollars is like five nights in a hostel. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I kind of thought of it that way. And I tried to keep myself on a budget and sort of keep the bigger picture in mind. Um, you know, when it came to what I was spending my money on.
0: Awesome. So exciting. Okay. And so you went to all the countries of the former Soviet Union, which is like, I'm obsessed with, because I prefer that kind of not typical travel path. So for anyone listening, can you recommend one country or city or someplace that if someone wants to kind of venture off that path? where would they go?
1: Yes, Um, yes and no. It's always hard to narrow it down to one. (laughs) People always ask me, what was the favorite country that you went to? I'm like, ah, there's so many. Um, I mean, I think I end up leaning toward the country of Georgia, um, what I tell people. And I think part of the reason for that is, one, it's just very accessible. For Americans, you can stay there for a year visa-free, um, flight wise, you know, it's relatively easy. You can get there. Turkish Airlines via Istanbul. You know, I think there's some other routes through Europe. Um, but it also it has a little something for everyone. Um, it's for people who aren't familiar with the country of Georgia. Um, it's, you know, it's considered to be in the Caucasus region. Um, you know, it's bordering on Turkey on Armenia and Azerbaijan and then part of southern Russia. Um, and it has a coast with the Black Sea. And so I actually got to Georgia by taking a ferry from Ukraine across the Black Sea, um, which is probably like a whole podcast in itself. Um, (laughs) But the, the thing with Georgia is you've got, it's near like in the Caucasus region, so you've got mountains. So if you like hiking, if you like the outdoors, there's plenty to do in the mountains. It's also got an incredible history. Like it's one of the oldest winemaking regions in the world. So there's wineries you can visit. Um, it's considered to be one of the first Christian states in the, in the world. Um, I think they sort of debate between Georgia and Armenia, which one is really the oldest. Um, but you've got monasteries that date back centuries um, that are still you know, in decent shape that you can go and visit. Um, so you've got all of this history there. And then it also borders on the Black Sea. And so you've got, you know, beaches over along the Black Sea coast. Um, the food is incredible. The people are incredibly friendly. Um, so yeah, there's just, and the capital Tbilisi just has a really cool vibe. Um, there's a growing sort of expat digital nomad um, community that, that has been growing um, in Tbilisi over the last few years. And so I think that's why Georgia is one of those countries I feel like It has a little something for everyone. Um, You know, There's other countries that I love for different reasons, but they might not appeal to everyone depending on what your interests are. And I feel like in Georgia, like you can find something that you're going to love about Georgia.
0: Amazing. I've been wanting to go for the longest time and I still haven't. And like a year long visa free or whatever, that's unheard of. That is so cool and such a great opportunity. So that is awesome. And so on your career break, do you have like one memory or a story or something that stands out that you're like, oh my gosh, this is why I did this. This is why I travel funny, memorable, anything.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I, so when you sent me potential questions ahead of time, this was the one that like I got stuck on because it's so hard to pick out just one, one thing. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's so many different moments. And a lot of it is, you know, just moments here and there, like little bits and pieces of conversations that I had along the way. Um, I think one story that I tell fairly frequently um, that I, I just really like to tell it, I think is just sort of a good example in general of of travel um, was when I was in Bukhara in Uzbekistan, and I needed to get a SIM card for my cell phone before I was going to Turkmenistan because I needed to be able to communicate with my guide. And I went to like the the cell phone store kind of near the, the center of Bukhara, and the guy behind the counter was like, oh, we can't sell SIM cards to foreigners from this location. Um, you need to go to this other location that's like a few miles away. Um, and and then he immediately offered to drive me there. And so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I hop into the car with this guy who works at the SIM card store um, and he drives me to the other location and we get there. And the guy working there starts going through stuff and long story short, like there was some confusion around the documentation I had Uzbekistan had the system that you had to get um, sort of like these receipts at every hotel that you stay at and um, they previously like had put them like directly in your passport but recently before I got there they had changed so that it was just slips of paper that you had that were loose but the guy in the cell phone store like thought that they had to be in my passport and because they weren't he was like, this doesn't count. I can't sell you a SIM card. Um, All of that I think has completely changed now. So for anyone listening, that was a long time ago. So that's different. Um, But (laughs) long story short, he wouldn't, so he was like, I can't sell you a SIM card. So the guy from the other store who had driven me there, he goes and volunteers. He's like, oh, he's like, you can, I'll, I'll get a SIM card for you under my passport. And he went and put all of his information in, and got the SIM card and, you know, I was all good to go. And, you know, he sort of took this chance on a stranger by putting forward like his passport information to get me a SIM card. Um, And then he went and he, he offered to drive me back to my hotel And as he was driving, you know, we just got to talking and I told him, you know, that I was leaving to go to Turkmenistan the next morning. Um, And he was like, do you know how you're getting there? And I was like, well, you know, I need to get a taxi. And, And I had been asking around about taxi prices. And he's like, oh, my friend is a taxi driver. Let me call him. And so he calls his friend. And sure enough, his friend says he can take me to the border for like $10 cheaper than anybody else was offering to take me. And so he was like, he'll be here to pick you up at you know, seven o'clock tomorrow morning. Um, and so I was just like, you know, he drops me off and I was so thankful. And he said to me, he's like, other people have helped me when I have been in their country. You are a guest in my country. So of course I should help you. Um, and that is just like one thing that has stayed with me, I think forever that I just love. Like if everyone just lived their lives with that philosophy,
0: <laughs>
1: yes. how much better off would we all be?
0: oh my gosh i love that so much and like yeah even if like you're listening and haven't personally experienced that just hearing that story is really incredible and just being kind to people in general and paying it forward like what a beautiful message and yeah maybe the world could be like a little bit better a little bit nicer a little bit more Pleasant to be in. Yep. <laughs> That's a great story. I love that example. So thank you for sharing that one. And so when you take a year plus off work to just travel, how did you manage your time? Were you were there moments where you were exhausted? Like did you plan breaks for yourself? What do you recommend for someone who's thinking about doing this?
1: Um so I would recommend that people don't do what I did. because i planned my trip out way too much um in in an effort to budget for my trip i put together like literally a day-by-day itinerary and spreadsheet because i had been trying to um you know sort of estimate like oh i think i'm going to spend a week in moscow this is how much a hostel will be this is how much i might spend on food like this is what the train would cost then to go to saint petersburg like I got so into the weeds and trying to budget that I ended up putting together this ridiculous itinerary. Um, and I didn't like stick to it 100% by any means, but I also um, probably moved faster through some places than I really would have liked. Um, I had a couple volunteer opportunities that I lined up ahead of time. And it's tricky with those because it was, it was very important to me to build in um, volunteer opportunities to my trip. I actually didn't find as many as I really had hoped to. Um, But at the same time, the volunteer opportunities that I did find, I needed to commit to specific dates in advance. And so that put me in a situation in a couple instances where I was like, oh, I'm not really ready to move on, but I'm already committed to be in Tajikistan next week. Um, And so that was a little tricky. And, you know, I think in retrospect, I wish I could have found a way to um, still find some of those volunteer opportunities, but not have to be as committed to, you know, moving on on specific dates. Because um, I think there were just definitely instances where I moved too fast. I was trying to see too much, Um, And I didn't allow myself enough time to just sort of like soak in the place that I was and, you know, and really get a feel for it. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I relate wholeheartedly in in these situations. Less can be more sometimes when you can get a deeper connection Mm -hmm. to a place. So good advice. Thank you. And so after these 13 months traveling, you went back to work. Can you walk us through your experience re-entering the workplace?
1: Yes. Um, so this was probably one of the things that I was most concerned about before I left, um, was this whole fear of, am I going to be able to find a job again? Am I going to run out of money? What am I going to do? Um, and so, I did a few things proactively before I left that I think really helped. Um, First of all, when I was budgeting, I factored into my budget a couple months of living expenses for when I would return. Um, And so, you know, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be in a situation where I was like down to my last $10 in my bank account. Um, I also made sure to update my resume while I was still in my job. Um, I... You know, I think it's really important and and I've done a lot of hiring and reviewing resumes and stuff over my career and, you know, being able to put on your resume, like your resume career searching tip here, your resume should not just be like reciting all your responsibilities in a job. Like you should be highlighting your accomplishments. Like what did you do? What did you achieve? Um, anything that you can give examples of, you know, you increased sales by this much, you raise this much in revenue, you, you know, put on this many events, you, you know, manage this many people or this size of budget, like anything that you can do to quantify things, um, I think is really helpful, and if you don't update your resume while you're still in your job, it's really hard to remember that stuff like a year later. And you may not even have access to some of that information. Like, you know, I mean, I remember, you know, looking, having to look up in, in our systems, you know, how much, you know, I was working in fundraising, like how much money did I raise last year? Like how much, you know, I increased, you know, our, our fundraising for this event year over year, like how much did I increase it by? So, um, so I did that before I left. And then I actually, Um, started searching while I was still on the road. I started um, probably about two months before I came back because hiring processes take a long time sometimes. Um, I think it's important to understand like the industry that you're in. Like, so for me in higher ed fundraising, like there's no, you know, hiring season. Like jobs are filled as people leave jobs. Um, And it's also an industry that, people move around a lot, like the average fundraiser only stays in their job like two years before they move on to something else. And so, you know, I kind of knew the chances were decent that there would be a fair number of opportunities. Um, But I also knew that it could take three to six months to get through the interview process and everything um, from when I initially applied. So I started applying two months before. Um, I actually did a couple phone interviews over Skype um, I remember doing one um, in a hostel in Kyrgyzstan. I did one. I did another sitting in a hotel room in in Tashkent in Uzbekistan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so I started applying early. Um I also was very um, very intentional about how I did my resume and my cover letter. Another general job searching tip personalize everything, customize everything. I had multiple versions of my resume, um, with things in different orders, depending on what type of job I was applying to. Um, I came back and I was looking at not just jobs back in my old field, but I was also looking at jobs, um, with travel companies. I was looking at jobs in social media. Um, I was looking at jobs in like international education. And so for each of those, I had a different version of my resume highlighting different skill sets and, and different jobs um, and things that I had done. And I didn't leave off my career break time. Like I had that as a separate, you know, thing on my resume that I think I still list it now as like international experience, you know, spent 13 months traveling through 20 countries, volunteering, you know, teaching English, whatever. Um, because I didn't want there to be a gap on my resume, but I also wanted to show people like, I wasn't just laying on a beach in Thailand the whole time, um, <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I wanted, you know, I wanted to show that I, you know, had had actually really done some things. Um, and then in my cover letters, I always used again personalized all of them. Um, but I had some, you know, sort of language that I would use to explain, you know, I left my last job to take time off to travel. I did this, this, this is why I think this experience is beneficial um, for the job that I'm applying for. So I tried to tie in, you know, this experience helped me build my internet, you know, intercultural communication skills, which would be perfect for this job, working with international alumni, like, um, I tried to tie it in that way. So um, I ended up having really good success, I had five job offers in about three months. Um, And so I ended up It's funny because I ended up taking a job that was almost the exact same job that I had left, um, but just with a different school. (laughs) And there, and there was definitely part of me that was like, okay, what did I just do for the last 13 months that I came back and I'm like going back and doing the exact same thing. Um, But I, you know, one, I kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, I, I, the bank account is going to dwindle at some point. I've had five job offers. Like I can't, just keep turning down everything and like hope that the perfect thing is gonna come along. Um, and as it turned out, I I took that job, um, which was back in Chicago, which go figure, like I'd actually had job offers in Boston, San Francisco and Chicago. Um, and it was just the one that was the best fit was in Chicago again. Um, but then three years later, I got an opportunity to move to Washington DC to work for National Geographic doing fundraising which was like my dream job. And so it was really a matter of sort of being patient that when I first came back, I didn't necessarily get that job that I had hoped would be the result of the career break, but I was able to gain more experience and position myself eventually for what was you know, sort of that dream job that I had been looking for.
0: That's so cool. And do you think like having that travel experience contributed to that offer at National Geographic?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, they, they flat out said, <laughs> said, so, I mean, they were, they were like, oh my gosh, our donors are going to love you. Like all of our donors are very well-traveled. And, um, one of the things that we talked about, is, and I actually had an opportunity while I was there, I, I no longer work there. Um, but when I was there, I had an opportunity to, to lead a group of donors going to South Africa for two weeks. Um, and I think certainly that my past travel experience, um, definitely played into that and, and you know, helped me as I was working with the donors there and, you know, being able to talk travel with them and, um, you know, just relate on that level. So yeah, it, it definitely, definitely helped. And I think I always tell people, I'm like, if you're applying somewhere and they see your travel as a negative, that's not a place you want to work.
0: Exactly. because like, like you
1: want to work somewhere. I mean, even like the job that I took, you know, they knew I was very upfront. You know, they knew where I was coming from. They knew I was coming back from you know 13 months traveling. Um, my boss who hired me totally got that. You know, and so um, you need to. There's places out there that see it as a benefit, and and so anyone that doesn't is just not a place that you want to work
0: exactly because like yes you're going back to work but you're still gonna want to travel you're still gonna want to use all of your vacation time and have these experiences so if they're like why would you do that then like they're not gonna see you taking your vacation time and experiencing the world as a benefit so that's I love all the things you just said about re-entering the workforce because you said when you left like it's not because you didn't like your job you did like it Mm -hmm. and so the fact of the matter is you've got to do the same thing again. So that can be hope out there for people listening. It's Maybe you do like your job. You just like travel more. And so it's not cutting ties. It's not burning bridges. It's not ruining your future. You can come back and do something yeah. similar. So, I'm so glad you brought awareness to that. And <laughs> so it's completely the opposite of me. I'm like, I was so burnt out, but this is like, the other side of the coin. So it's just kind of about priorities. And that's amazing. Definitely. So Katie, if you could give one tip to someone who's thinking about this, what would you tell them?
1: Um, I mean, I suppose it's very cliche to just say, just do it. Um, <laughs> you can say it, <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, to sort of expand on that though, I think one of the things when I first, when I very first started thinking about doing it, I read a lot of travel blogs that were sort of like that, where that were like, what are you waiting for? Just do it. Just, you know, like, don't wait. And I feel like that kind of missed the fact that everyone's circumstances are different. Not everybody is in a position where they can just up and leave. Like people have different family responsibilities. They're in different financial situations. Um, You know, we've talked about before, I mean, like, People who you know we're very privileged as Americans on how free we are to travel and where we can go with our passport. and people in other countries holding different passports don't have that same opportunity necessarily. and so um you know, I think for people who are interested in doing it, you know, do your research, find other people out there that you can relate to that are in similar situations, whether it's you know, maybe you're, you know, 55 years old and you're on the verge of retirement and, you know, you want to take off and travel. Like there are people out there like you, um, you know or maybe, you know, you're just finishing high school and you want to take a gap year and your parents are completely opposed to it. Like there are more, you know, high school kids in the U.S. now that are doing gap years. Um, And so I think if you just, you know, look out there find people like you that you can draw inspiration from Um, and, you know, I think I, I like the quote and I'm going to mess up the exact quote. Um, but you know, it's, it's something to the, the, you know, the tune of, um, you know, once you decide on something, the universe will conspire to make it happen. And I feel like that's so true. Like once you decide this is something you want to do, and this is your top priority, things will start aligning for you to make it happen. Um, and you just have to put it out there. Like, I think that's another big part of it is, um, you know, obviously, I mean, like maybe you can't talk about it at work because you don't want people you work with to know, um, you know, but talk to your friends and, and talk to family and you never know like who might know somebody else that, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, I have this cousin that did that. Um, so yeah, I mean, just, just do it. Um, but you know, do what is necessary, whatever your situation is, is, um, you know, and it may be, you know, it's going to take you two years down the road to get yourself in a position to do it. I was very fortunate. I had a good amount of money in the bank from having sold my condo several years before. So I wasn't starting from scratch in saving up, um, to, to leave on my trip, you know, and I realized like not everybody is that fortunate. Um, and how much money it costs is different for everyone too. Like, I I have a friend who literally like we both tracked everything we spent and we spent almost the same amount and he traveled for twice as long as I did. So he was spending half as much as me throughout his whole trip. Um, and so it's just, it's different for everyone. So figure out what works best for you and make it happen.
0: Love it. Yeah. It's important. Like if you're gonna do something of this magnitude, it's important that you do it right for yourself and not copy someone else and not do it a certain way because you heard someone else did it that way. It's really a time of self, maybe rediscovery and just taking that you time out in the world. So that's exciting. And so Katie, before we wrap up, I have a couple quick little questions to throw at you. Um, So, so luggage. Backpack, suitcase. What do you use
1: for a long trip? For a long term trip, I would definitely say backpack. Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: And then accommodations. Are you a hostel, hotel, Airbnb type person?
1: Ooh. Um, so when I did my trip, I did largely hostels just because they were most cost effective. Um, I generally now do not stay in hostels, um, but I think you know. It's so different when you're traveling long term um, that, you know, hostels are going to be the most cost effective, but there's also things you can do like house sitting, where you can get free accommodation in exchange for watching somebody's house or watching somebody's pets. And so um, there's no right way to do it. I think that's another important question though, is to just ask yourself, like, what are you most comfortable with? Um, for me, I got really tired of dorm rooms, like (laughs) tired of dorm rooms. I'm more of an introvert. And so the dorm rooms just were not for me. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not for you.
0: Totally. And for you, what, how would you describe yourself on a scale of budget to luxury traveler right now? Or on your break, and then it has it
1: changed? <laughs> um, I mean, I think on my break, I was probably, like, not super, super budget traveler, but, like, you know, mid to budget. I don't know. I was somewhere between, like, middle to budget. Medium rare. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, if Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, like, if 1 is budget and 10 is luxury, I would say on my career break, I was probably around, like, a 3 maybe. And now I'm probably more around like a six or seven.
0: Nice. More towards, I
1: I don't do like the pure luxury, but every now and then I do like to splurge and indulge. And I like a comfortable, like I'm strictly hotels now. Like I like like hotels.
0: (laughs) Totally. And vacation is like, that's a great opportunity to, to do that. Awesome. And then final question, would you do it again? Any regrets? Would you do a career break again?
1: I would, um, you know, I hate, I hate talking about regrets because, you know, it's, it's, you can't go through life regretting things, you know, looking back as I was talking about before, like, are there things I would do differently? Yes. I would not have planned it out as much. I would not have been, you know, so sort of time sensitive or moved so quickly. Um, but that said, you know, it certainly was an amazing experience that it changed my life for the better. Um, and I definitely would. Do it again. Um, you know, I think right now the last few years I've been um, doing a lot of travel to the continent of Africa. Um, I love Africa, I, I always love going back and visiting there. And I sort of, I say sometimes I'm like, I could totally see just like taking a year off again and like backpacking around Africa um, and trying to visit like every country in Africa or something, which would probably take me more than a year. Um, <laughs> Africa is a really big continent. <laughs> but no, I I could definitely I could definitely see it again, and I think now is so different compared to when I first went because like remote work is so much more popular, and so many more jobs have like remote work opportunities. Um, you know, Wi Fi is so much more prevalent. I mean, like when I I mean when I did mine, you know, I mean there were cities that I stayed in where like I literally had to go to and hang out at McDonald's every day because I was the only place that I could get Wi Fi. Um, and that's just not the case anymore. You know, it's so much easier. So I think, um, yeah, definitely would do it again.
0: Amazing. Well, Katie, thank you so, so much for being here. I love chatting travel with you as always. And, If people want to learn more about you or find you, can you share where they can find you on the internet? I know your blog is still out there. So and I'll yes. leave it in the show notes as well.
1: <laughs> yes, my blog is still out there, katieaune.com, K-A-T-I-E-A-U-N-E. Um, I think it's organized by destination, um, as well as a lot of posts about my preparation and about my job search when I came back. And so I think. Um, a lot of that I think is, is fairly evergreen. Um, and then also on Instagram, on Twitter, on Clubhouse, um, all of my handles are really easy. Just my first name, last name, Katie owney um, keeping it simple. <laughs>
0: Amazing. You can
1: find me, um, on any of those.
0: Great. And Katie gives really thorough, awesome travel tips and itinerary trips. So definitely check her out. All right, so thank you again. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. A career break is more than escaping reality for a short time. It's an intentional break that will help you recover from the corporate burnout, fuel your inspiration through exploration and ignite your fire for life. The next round of my signature program, Career Break Bootcamp, will be back this December you dream about leaving your job in exchange for some full-time travel but don't know how to get started this program is for you you can find the link to hop on the wait list inside the show notes so that you don't miss out this is your life what are you waiting for thank you for tuning in to the travel possibilities podcast if you liked what you heard i would be so thankful for your positive review on apple podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at the Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at TravelShifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.